Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. And all of the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us God's ways, that we may walk in God's paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Holy and gracious God, we ask that you speak to us the word that each of us needs to hear today. You are as close as our breath and transcendent as the universe. You care for each of us. So speak to us now, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Joy to the world. Even as Pastor Eric and Julie and I planned worship, we wondered, is it too soon to sing Joy to the World? Some will say, yes, it's too soon. Joy to the world is supposed to be saved for Christmas Eve when we're gathered here as a congregation and all of our candles are lit and all of the world holds its breath until the moment Christ is born and then we stand and sing joy to the world. Others say, Finally, we get to sing a Christmas hymn in the season when all of the shopping malls and grocery stores are playing Christmas music. Thanks be to God. And some of you may be saying to yourself, how can I or we sing of joy when there is so much that is wrong? It's hard to sing of joy when we just can't see it. So is it too soon to sing joy to the world? Sing, Isaiah, sing joy to the world, God says to the prophet. Look and see the whole world coming together, all people from every nation of every religion or no religion, 
of every language from every place. People are flooding together to study justice, to learn about peace, and to finally destroy all the weapons of war, to melt their swords down and turn them into shovels, to work the soil and grow food in the garden. Now the prophet Isaiah must have wondered what on earth God was talking about. War was on the horizon. The nation seemed to have forgotten all about God. Their leaders were arrogant and prideful. People cared little about justice and even less about poor people. Now God had many, many harsh words of judgment and condemnation to say for Isaiah to speak to the people, to say about arrogance and pride and injustice. And yet in the midst of all of that, God says to Isaiah, in the days to come, there will be peace. There will be justice. The day is coming when all people will be reconciled one to another, all divisions, north and south, east and west, will be healed. It will be shalom, a wholeness of all the earth and all humanity. Sing, Isaiah. Sing of hope for the future. Sing of joy. Sing, Isaiah. Sing joy to the world. God said, sing, Isaac Watts. Sing, Isaac Watts. Who is it? Isaac Watts, yes, sing, let the Lord come, let earth receive her king, sing. Now Isaac Watts never meant for joy to the world to be a Christmas song at all. There was just a little boy who could not stop himself from rhyming words. Now Isaac Watts was born in Southampton, England, just 10 years after the bubonic plague had wiped out about a third of the townspeople. Isaac's father, also named Isaac Watts, was put in prison for his views on religious freedom. And like any good Protestant, Isaac's mother nursed that baby Isaac on the jail steps. So when Isaac was about seven years old, he got into trouble for writing silly poems. He pleaded, saying, Oh, Father, Father, pity take, and I will no more verses make. <laughs> of course, he didn't stop making verses. He grew up to write volumes and volumes of verses, more than 600 hymns. He wrote a book of poetry based on the Psalms, which was published 
300 years ago, 1719. And what he did with this book of poems was to reinterpret the Psalms, much as John Calvin did during the time of the Reformation, so that the Psalms would be easy to sing in everyday English. He wrote them in verse so that everyone could sing. Eight of our hymns and our glory to God hymnal come from that book of Psalms that Isaac Watts wrote 300 years ago. You can look in the back of Glory to God, after the sermon, of course, and see, if you look in the author index, you will see 10 hymns written by Isaac Watts, the father of English hymnody. Isaac Watts also wrote these psalms so that they pointed not to the God of the Old Testament, but to Jesus. It's, he Christianized the psalms, which would make almost any contemporary theologian shiver in their boots. But Psalm 98, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. And the text became joy to the world. But the text is not about Jesus coming as a little baby in the manger. There is no manger. There is no stable. There is no Mary, no Joseph, no donkey. Because it is not about Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, but it is about Jesus' return to the earth to complete God's kingdom of justice and love. This is the Christ coming in glory to bring about a new creation. The one from the book of Revelation of bringing the holy city down to earth to transform and bring redemption to all creation. This is a glorious transformation about the healing of creation, heaven, and earth, and plants and trees so that the rocks and the hills and the streams will repeat the sounding joy. It will be a time of transformation so that the nations prove the wonders of Jesus' love. Sing, Isaac Watts, God said. Sing of hope. Sing of joy, you who were born in days marked by plague, plague and prison and division, sing, sing joy to the world. So what about us? Is it too soon to sing joy to the world? Maybe we should put it away and save it to Christmas Eve for even Mr. Watts did not intend it for that particular occasion, even if he did not intend it for that occasion. It really is an Advent hymn, isn't it? About the coming, the anticipation, the joy, the longing. 
with the climate crisis, a nation divided, so many guns yet needing to be melted down into garden tools. God says to us, as God has always called people of faith to do, sing, sing, joy to the world. Proclaim God's hope for days to come. Sing, not because it's easy, not because we feel like it. Sing because it's necessary. Advent is honest. The world is not as it should be. There are plagues. Today is World AIDS Day. There are people who are wrongfully imprisoned. We know that there is terrible injustice and pain. And still, in the midst of all of this, God comes to us and tells us to sing of hope and sing of joy. Because to do so is to stand in courage and faith to resist hopelessness and despair. So sing. Sing. Sing to resist injustice. Sing to resist violence. Sing. Even when it's not easy. And the book of joy, Arch Desmond Tutu, reflects resignation and cynicism are easy. They do not require the raw vulnerability and risk of hope. To choose hope is to step firmly forward into the howling wind, bearing one's chest to the elements, knowing that in time the storm will pass. When we proclaim hope for the future, joy to the world, we join with people of faith who for 5,000 years have known slavery and freedom exile and homecoming, death and resurrection. Is it too soon to sing joy to the world? It is not too soon. God says to us, even in these days of Advent, especially in these days of Advent, Sing, oh my people, sing of hope for the future. Sing joy to the world. Amen.